In this episode of BFR University, I talk about how BFR in different areas of the body can help recovery from other areas, meaning I do leg exercises, but it helps the rehab for my shoulder. Let's get it on. You are listening to the BFR University podcast with your host, Dr. Ed LaCara. BFR University is dedicated to helping people learn safe and effective ways to implement blood flow restriction training into their lives. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ed LaCara. What's up, guys? Welcome to BFR Tuesday. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, all the stuff, holidays. Hope everybody is doing well. We are, we are doing well. We're doing okay. Um, okay, so uh, my name's Ed. I uh, do this every Tuesday to answer any questions regarding blood flow restriction training. If there isn't any questions, then I will uh, talk about whatever I want to talk about. Um, so if there are questions, you can just type them into the uh, message area. Upper right corner says chat. I'll say hello from Dallas, Texas. And um, yeah, so I'll give everybody a couple seconds and they can uh, plug in any question that they have. Otherwise, I'll talk about what uh, I plan on talking about. Check out that cup. Love this cup. Okay. Any questions? All right. Maybe I'll stir some questions. Um, so I got some questions online uh, this week regarding ischemic preconditioning uh, protocols. So ischemic preconditioning. Hey, Louis. Good to see you. Um, ischemic preconditioning is a passive modality. So we use blood flow restriction, uh, very high pressures. So, uh, we, we prefer about hundred percent limb occlusion pressure, but anywhere between 80% and hundred percent limb occlusion pressure. Most of the time we're doing this on the lower extremity and we do it prior to high intensity exercise to reduce the amount of exercise induced muscle damage so that our recovery time is shorter. So I call it a recovery technique. Um, but it's not post-exercise, it's pre-exercise. And so, um, can't hear me. Hmm. My microphone's on. Can everybody else hear me? Oh, this is good here. So it must be on your end, Doug. Sorry. Um, so I'm going to show a video on how to do ischemic preconditioning. There's two different ways that we do it. We do it for recovery, and then we also do it um, for performance. So even though the ischemic preconditioning protocol is essentially the same, high pressures, five minutes on, three minutes off for four to five rounds, um, my intent might be different, although I'm using the same protocol. Just like um, another example would be in the clinic dry needling. I'm using 
the same needle as I use for acupuncture, right? The needles are the same, but my intent is different. Dry needling, I'm doing it specifically for a certain muscle or muscle group or a tendon. Um, if I'm doing acupuncture, then I'm doing using the same needle, but I'm doing it uh, more for meridians and circulation and um, nervous system effects. So uh, anyway, hopefully that makes sense. So ischemic preconditioning protocol. So I'm going to share my screen and I'm going to show a video on how to do this. Um, sorry, I got a, got this new Mac and it's um, asking me for permissions to do what I want to do. Uh, all right. Okay. Let's see if I can share it now. Mm-hmm. 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 right. Hey guys, in this video, I'm gonna demonstrate how to use the Smart Cuff Gen 3 Pro Cuffs for something we call ischemic preconditioning or IPC. So IPC is utilized prior to high intensity exercise and what the literature has suggested is that it helps to reduce the exercise muscle damage induced by heavy intense exercise. So I'm gonna use these cuffs. I'm gonna put the cuffs on first. Use the appropriate size cuff. In my case, I use a large cuff because my thigh is larger than 23 and a half inches. I don't have to worry about using the little um, the little ears, the little tags, because I'm not going to be exercising with this protocol. This protocol is totally done passively prior to heavy intense exercise. If you notice, I'm going to make my life a lot easier by having. Oops, I did it backwards. I was just saying it, but I'm going to make my life a lot easier by having the stem facing forward. To see why in a second. I'm going to bring these cuffs up as high as I can go and you're going to make them as tight as you can before laying down. So in my clinic in Dallas, we have these things called recovery pods. We have a couple of them. We do IV therapy in here. We do um, things like this. We do uh, neuroacoustic um, deep meditative state training. Um, we do Normatex. We do a bunch of different things. So it makes it convenient for me and my patients to be able to do this type of training here. So I'm going to slide into my into my recovery pod. This one got a little bit loose. I'm going to just tighten it up a little bit more. All right. So now I've got my I've got my pro pumps. You need a pro pump in order to do this because the uh, just the Gen 3 cuff does not, or the Gen 3 pump does not have a skin preconditioning uh, setting on it because we're using very high intensities. So from here, I'm going to connect, and I'm going to connect on this side as well. 
I'm gonna face it this way so you can see. I'm gonna go to update. I'm sorry, I'm gonna go to start exercise. I'm gonna go to leg. I'm gonna go down to IPC and I'm gonna hit enter and I'm gonna let this inflate. And I'm gonna do the same thing on this other side. Start exercise, go down the leg, and I'm gonna scroll down to IPC, and I'm gonna let it inflate. Now these are going to about 100% limb occlusion pressure, so it's a lot of pressure. That's why we can't exercise with it. We're essentially occluding arterial and venous blood flow in both directions. We're gonna stay in here for five minutes, and then the cuts are automatically gonna deflate after five minutes. We're going to take a three to five minute break in between, then they're going to reinflate. We do three to five rounds of this, then within 45 minutes we go and we do our high intensity exercise. Those high intensity exercise, whether it's squats or it's sprinting or it's something else, biometrics maybe, um, this will help to reduce the muscle damage so that way we can train more regularly, faster, we'll get the soreness that I typically would uh, tomorrow. So that's how to do is. All right, so um, ischemic preconditioning. <clears throat> okay, so let me see. Um, any questions about ischemic preconditioning before I... Uh, um, so Lewis is actually, this protocol is available with the pro units only. Yeah, that's true. Um, and it's because of the high pressures. Now you can mimic it um, with the consumer version. You'll just have to use high pressure and um, you're not gonna, you're gonna be pretty close. You're gonna be at 80% LOP, so it won't be as much um, pressure as the 100% uh, LOP when we uh, do it with the, the pro version. And I would also add electric stim to it as well. So I would use e-stim um, connected to the vastus medialis oblique and the vastus medialis, the vastus lateralis uh, of the quad and um, use uh, some mechanical mechanical tension with contraction. You can use a compacts unit, you can use a tens unit, you can use power dots, you can use whatever you like. Um, but you'll need you'll need you'll need to cook the area a little bit more. You also need to cook the area a little bit more when you're using this on a high level athletes. So if you have high level university athletes, uh, pro athletes, uh, Olympic athletes, you're going to combine ischemic preconditioning with electric stimulation in order to get the outcome. Um, if you take my level two course, I go through all the research with that on why that, that the protocol is what it is. They've tried to do um, lower pressures, doesn't work. They've tried to do um, uh, less sets than, you know, like between four and five, doesn't work. So there's a, there's a method to the madness when it comes to recovery. Okay, so I got some questions here, so I want to answer them. Let's see, Doug asks, can't hear for some reason. Okay, uh, is there any study evidence that shows that high intensity exercise has helped cure heal injuries as long as you don't re-injure re the area? PFR did it for my shoulder when I was doing high intensity workouts for any. Uh, um, so I think what you're asking, Doug, and I, you know, tell me if I'm not, uh, interpreting the question correctly. Um, if we're doing exercise, let's say for the lower extremity or we're doing BFR for the lower extremity, do we get a benefit in the upper extremity 
And the answer is yes. Um, there is evidence that, um, like I'm thinking of a, um, a study by Clark in 2012, where they only did BFR in the lower extremity, and then they, they tested uh, one rep max in the bench press, and they saw increases in the upper extremity. Um, so we do see a systemic effect. Um, some BFR experts don't think it's as big as a lot of us think it is. Um, I don't know how much there is. I think there's more evidence that needs to be uh, published on it. Um, but like, like what I'll do for patients um, that have lower back condition, I'll get them on the treadmill and walking with BFR and then do um, without BFR, then do their um, whatever core work that I'm doing with them bird dog, plank, side plank. Um, and I do think that I get better outcomes uh, by using BFR pre um, my core stabilization exercises. So to answer your question, just to summarize, yes, um, you can use the cuffs in a different area and get benefits in, in um, areas that may be tweaked or, or injured. Um, Lewis observation, I'm doing a hyper, hypertrophy cycle. I recalculated my one right max and shot for the lighter end of the resistance range accompanied by a shorter rest period of 30 seconds. I was using 36 seconds previously, more resistance. It's early, but it feels like I'm getting better results, at least not worse and less. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're not gonna have as much soreness with, um, with lighter loads. And if you want size hypertrophy, there's an inverse relationship between resistance and pressure. So the more pressure I use, the less weight I'm going to be able to use. So with hypertrophy, we want to use lower loads, higher pressures. And then the reverse is true when we're wanting to do strength. Anytime our body is trying to strengthen, the more, the more mechanical tension that we apply, the better. Mechanical tension meaning load or um, combination of load with reps and sets is volume. So we, we want to try to increase the resistance. Now, we don't want to go above 40% of your one rep max for strength. Um, but if you're, if you're on a hypertrophy cycle, absolutely keep the weights low, keep the pressures high and don't go to failure. And, um, yeah, you'll get super early results too, like two to three weeks, you'll start to see, um, muscle strength gains. I'm sorry, muscle size gains. That's a great observation. Thanks for sharing that. Um, any other questions today? Yeah, if you're if you're not getting results, then um, typically it's going to mean that your body is not getting tired enough. You're not creating enough fatigue, and so increasing the load. Um, you know, and again, that's an inverse relationship. I can increase the load, or I can increase the pressure. Either one is going to create earlier fatigue. So, um, in your case, by recalculating your uh, one rep max, um, it's super important because if you're not, then you might only be at 15% of your one rep max after four to six weeks of doing BFR because you're going to get these early adaptations. So retesting your one rep max every four weeks is important if you're really truly trying to uh, train the organism. Uh, maybe I was using too much resistance and effectively overtraining. It's possible, but you know, if we use too much resistance 
you get what's called the muscle pumping effect and you won't create as much metabolic uh, buildup in the tissue. Meaning um, what um, Dr. Lonicky's uh, one of Dr. Lonicky's studies, he compared 80% uh, one rep max to 40% and to 20%. And what he found is that at the higher pressures, space is created and you, you lose metabolites and metabolites help that early fatigue uh, that build up. And so you don't want to, you don't want that muscle pumping effect, um, with the higher loads. And there's no reason to do higher loads with a BFR. If you're going to do higher loads, might as well just do higher loads and go to failure, or, you know, one or two reps to failure, but ultimately we're all different, right. And in, in rest and, um, nutrition and, uh, hydration and, uh, you know, uh, volume and, uh, you know, all this stuff plays a role as well. And we can't discount that, that, um, you know, me at 48, uh, is not going to be as effective, uh, for strength and hypertrophy as somebody in their, you know, in their twenties It's just not the way it is. So, um, you know, everybody's different. You got to kind of figure out, uh, by playing around a little bit, I give you guidelines and a framework, but by no means do I think it's the absolute. Yeah, absolutely. Sleep is, I mean, we, we get, we get gains when we rest, not while during the exercise. So, uh, sleep is super important. All right. Awesome. This is a great conversation. It's one I've got a uh, little time for my lunch, so I'm going to call it. Um, I'll be back on next week. I'm in, I'm in the office. I'm just taking uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas off. So, um, I don't see any reason why not to do this next week. Thank you guys so much for joining and the great questions and comments. Have a great holiday. Be safe. Enjoy your family. And thank you so much for your support. I really, truly appreciate it. And um, if you haven't yet, go on to my YouTube channel um, where I post all these afterwards and uh, like it and subscribe. It really helps me out. I'm over a thousand uh, people now and it's just, it just helps. So thanks so much. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Talk to you soon. Bye.